0: To another episode of Pro-Am Disc Golf, I'm Gavin Goodwin And I'm Chris Telesbo I'm your amateur And I'm
1: your professional
0: And I'm going to go ahead and apologize for the (laughs) the delays in episodes I have been uh, just not functioning at a real high level I got some kind of weird summer flu that knocked me out for about a week and a half It happens And uh, end of summer with three young kids is no joke Especially when your wife's out of town for a week So
1: Definitely happens Yeah. Somebody covered for you though. Well, sort of, uh, Donald asked on the Facebook page and Jacob said, well, Chris is vegan and Gavin has kids. So really we're lucky to get podcasts at all. Oh yeah. (laughs) Thanks
0: (laughs) Jacob. (laughs) That is so funny. I I don't even know that I saw that. I've been so out of it. I thought it was funny. I love that. Chris is vegan and Gavin has three kids. I love what, what being vegan has nothing, but it's funny. That is really funny. (laughs) Yeah. I love it. (sighs) Oh, Oh, my goodness. Well, thank you. Yeah. Thanks for sticking up for me. Um, but, you know, we don't charge anything for these episodes. So thanks for... three ninety nine. 99. Yeah. So thanks for, uh, you know... And honestly, people aren't complaining, you know. I mean, I it's nice if people miss us. Right. It's That's cool. really nice. And we like doing the show. We don't have any intention of not doing the show. Um, just... Chris is just going to punch his microphone whenever he gets mad. Yes. Yeah. Uh, but uh we're good i i don't even know where i was going with that oh um yeah i apologize that's where i was going with it (laughs) i'm sorry full circle and uh we'll try to do better here but
1: um life happens
0: yeah life sure did happen
1: it will continue to happen
0: yeah uh and while life happened we got some emails and some questions from listeners yeah uh i'm gonna read this first one from james tepper all right fire away hey chris and gavin Thanks for hey, the advice earlier. He wrote in a couple weeks ago. Well, at this point, like I don't know, sixteen months ago. Yeah, there it might have been last year. A couple episodes ago. <laughs> uh, as far as Doctor Tepper, I can't say that I know him. However, I do have a cousin that was a snowmaker at Deer Valley. Oh, cool. Close. I to I don't home. know him either. <laughs> so you've probably I, seen him though. Might no, probably not. not I don't ski Valley? Deer Valley very oh, much. Okay. I like Deer, Deer Valley's fantastic, but I don't have passes there. So. Okay. Um. And I do ski. I don't snowboard, so I can go to Deer Valley. Mm-hmm. And generally, I like Deer Valley a lot. I just don't go okay. very much. Anyway, I did have attended a couple of tournaments. Okay, I think it's. I did have <laughs> either one. I did attend a couple of tournaments since I rode in. First tournament was MVP Circuit Challenge. Had a blast and decided to give sanction a try. So I registered for the first ever Arapahoe Basin Alpine Open. That sounds like so much fun. That does sound like I don't it's know. probably I don't I like a solid. Open would be my yeah, guess. Yeah, it sounds amazing. Um, originally registered novice based off how I did in the last tournament, but was the only one in that division on a challenge. So I went up to rec. Unfortunately, I didn't have a chance to play the course beforehand. See what I was getting into. Boy, was I shocked to realize that a mountain course like this was no walk in the park. 12 miles of hiking. And two days later, I ended up finishing fourth in that division. That's pretty impressive. Uh, Out of five who competed. (laughs) That's still pretty good. Yeah. Still impressive. That's a low turnout too. I'm surprised. A mountain course rec though. It's, it's daunting. I guess. Yeah, yeah. that makes sense. in two days. That's why I will never play or consider solitude until I've got kids that don't need me home all the time. Mm-hmm. Just two yeah, days. Three, three eight hour days? Is it three days? Mm-hmm. Jeez Louise. Mm-hmm. Um, but all in all, I had a great time, even if the course kicked my butt. The one advice I will make sure to follow is know the course you're playing before the tournament. Oh and bring some comfy shoes for after the tournament. That is really solid advice. Just that's, something to that's change That's definitely
1: into. understated. Like the yeah. first thing I do when I'm done is take off my shoes and put on sandals. Yeah. Or just no shoes. It's so yeah.
0: nice. Um that no that is a nice thing. I one of the nicest things about a day of skiing is getting your unbuckle the boots to getting your boots off and slipping into just some shoes. Yeah. Or some boots. It is a really 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 nice feeling. Uh, and you know, people might make fun, but you really can't beat a pair of Crocs at a time like that. I'll never buy Crocs, but I believe you. I, I worked at a sporting goods store when Crocs kind of first hit the market. And they came in, and uh, I was laughing at them. Said, these said, these are the ugliest things I've ever seen. These are so dumb. And the manager said, yeah, why don't you go try them on? And I bought some because I tried them on. <laughs> Do not try them on if you don't want to wear Crocs. Don't try them on. Deal done. But if you're going to be on your feet all day, you almost can't beat them. They're really. I mean, it's just yeah, okay. like it's like standing. It's standing on foam. That's what you're doing. Okay. Um, that's why so many nurses and doctors and like kitchen staff and stuff wear them they're. Uh, you know, have you ever stood on one of those anti-fatigue mats? Yep. It's like having those in your shoes okay they're still ugly oh they're horrible they're horribly ugly
1: i'll yeah. pa- I'll pass for now if somebody ever makes me try them
0: you know what though uh they do make shoes that look like shoes oh that are still very comfortable and and, and really good that's more up my alley so um if you can find, like i had to compare like a couple of slip-on loafers that are okay. crocs brand they were great okay and they finally wore out because i wore them out that's that's kind of impressive crocs <laughs> So uh, this part of the show is brought to you by Crocs, who is not a sponsor. (laughs) But if you want to be. They're
1: probably not too good for 12 miles of hiking, though.
0: Oh, no. You would not want to play in Crocs. You don't want to do anything other than stand in Crocs. And I I mean, you don't even want to stand like in public because they are that ugly. Yeah. But if you have to stand and you can get away with wearing something that horrible, you can't beat them. Okay. I mean, there might be some knockoffs that are just as good. I have no idea, but. That whole concept of just, they're so comfy. Anyway, now get into the field and work on my backhand. Ooh, just buy a, buy a patrol <laughs> or six. <laughs> Four. Oh, Heizer, he's got a heiser. I haven't read this email yet. I'm super excited. I haven't either.
1: Good job in your tournament. Yes. Not, yeah. Not Congratulations. last. The division above what you wanted is awesome. No, oh. and
0: going and playing. That's great. Especially on a course you've never played before.
1: And a mountain course. That's, especially with elevation and trees and new lines and. That's that's not an easy thing to do. Did he say where he's from? I don't know. Yeah. I also don't know where Arapahoe is.
0: I think it's in Colorado. Okay.
1: So it's like real mountain golf. Yeah.
0: I think so. But that's
1: impressive. Up and down is not an easy thing to pick up
0: quickly. No. No, it's not. It's... uh, Yeah. Yeah. There's definitely some challenges to it. I, w- I played Canyons a little while ago, and the course has totally changed. Well, nine of the holes have totally changed from the last time I played it um well the previous year but uh there's a couple shots that have got a nice high t-pad and you think like oh okay i can i can hit that. i can get you know in circle range and you throw and you're like oh yeah no no it's it went far it mm-hmm. went for me it went like really far but it's way further <laughs> than it seems because yeah yeah
1: downhill shots are amazing yeah uphill shots are very humbling yeah very humbling.
0: Yeah. Well, yeah. You think uh, go way understable when you're throwing uphill. Mm-hmm.
1: There's a 310 foot shot at Solitude that's literally throw as hard as I can.
0: Uphill. Mm-hmm. That's a long way uphill. Mm-hmm.
1: And it, I mean, it's probably 25, 30 degree incline. Like I guess it's no slump of a hill.
0: Yeah, there's one at uh, Spearfish, which I we'll talk about. Uh, I don't have uh-huh. no idea which hole it is, but it's actually a hanging basket on a tree. And it's probably a 45 degree pitch in spots, if not steep. It's definitely steeper in spots, but it's probably averages around 40, 45 degrees. That's a steep, oh. steep pitch. And it's not very long. It's maybe 140 feet. Oh. But I did birdie that, and I was very that's, pleased with myself. Yeah, that's big. But I threw something very unstable. I can't remember what it was, but I threw something that's, very unstable. That's the trick. Yeah. It really is. It's fun, though. It's oh, good, it's so good fun. job, James. All right. That's and so uh, James gave us a hyzerthetical, which I love. Oh, boy. Okay, now for the hypotheticals. You Oh, he's got a couple. Okay. Uh, first, you can tee off uphill and you can only end up half the distance of the pin on your hardest throw. Mm-hmm. Relevant. Or, I know, it's just what we're talking about. You can only tee off downhill and barely throwing it, you end up past the pin one and a half times the distance from the pin. Okay, uh, you're better at math than I am. So I think what he's saying is... <clears throat> Now is this every shot or is this just? Well, I'm. I think hoping. this is just a hole. So you can tee off uphill, and no matter how far you throw it, you can only go half the way to the pin. So if it's a 300 foot hole, you're only throwing 150 feet, yes. right? Okay. Okay. Um, or if it's 600, you're throwing 300, but you're only throwing half. 600 uphill would be nuts. Yeah. Uh, hey. Uh, yeah. I was gonna say there's one it solitude. It's not that far though. Um. Or you can TF downhill, but then you're one and a half times from the pin. So if it's a if it's a 300-foot, then you're 750? 450. 450. Long.
1: Yes. And okay, past the pin one and a half times the distance. So yeah, 300-foot shot, you'll be 450 past it. 450 feet past it. This would be a nasty combo to have because then you go past it and you're going to get halfway back up.
0: I know uh i think this is what he's saying now if this is I, like the only way you can play disc golf uh th- like you know one of these ones where it's like okay forever you have to go yeah, this way yeah, yeah i might just give it the game
1: um. <laughs> no i if if it were every hole bless you every hole i ever played it would be downhill but i would never hole out i would just watch it fly for a while and then i go get it and then i'd throw down the hill again. yeah that would but, be my new version of disc golf but if it's if it's one hole each way uh It's harder. Yeah. It, ki- it kind of depends on why I'm playing. If this is like a money round, I would do the uphill. Because halfway there, I can get there again, and I can get my three and be happy. Assuming every throw doesn't get halfway, because that's paradoxical. Yeah. And that would be sad.
0: Yeah, then you'll never get there.
1: Um, if it's for fun, absolutely the downhill. Because then, if I play an eight hundred foot downhill hole, I threw a two thousand foot shot. I'm amazing. Yeah, you and would there's... just go to
0: solitude and throw it through the other mountain. Yeah, I would land on the, the
1: other side of the canyon road.
0: Yeah, you, well, you would land in the cliff across from you. Almost. Yeah,
1: yeah, <laughs> a thousand feet. So fifteen hundred feet past that,
0: now nah, you'd be in the parking lot at least.
1: Past that. Yeah. Yeah, I think I'd c- clear the road. Yeah, which would be amazing. And there's not there's not much that's more fun than watching discs fly for like extravagantly long flights down mountains. That is pretty fun. It's just, it's amazing. So if it's for money, uphill, boring. If it's for fun, which is more me, downhill, watch discs fly for literally three minutes.
0: I'm going to go with uphill uh, just because I'm, I'm never playing for money. Uh, and the reason is I'm at least halfway there. You are or I'm not at least, but I, I have the option you know, to potentially get halfway You there. are
1: closer than you started.
0: Yes, whereas the other way, it's like, ah. Uh,
1: You're much farther
0: away. Yeah, and so instead of eight holding out, maybe I can try to squeak out a par. There you go. So that that's for me. All right. Good uh, question. That is a great hypothetical. Next one. Uh, you can only play your home course or you play a new course every time but can't play them more than once. Oof. Oof. I, that is a good one. You can only play your home course or you play a new course every time but can't play them more than once. Uh, I'm going to even let you pick your home course here because we're lucky that we've got a handful of courses in the valley.
1: Oof. I mean, the, the kicker I'm stuck on is I couldn't play tournaments because most tournaments play two rounds on the same course.
0: I'm going to go ahead and say this. I'm going to modify this. And say you can play tournaments, but it's always at a new course and no practice. Probably. No, no practice. But you got to show up and play that tournament. But you can play the tournament at the course. You can play the two or three tournament rounds, but no other rounds. Yeah. Then your next tournament, you're at a different course. And and in this hypothetical world or hypothetical world, uh, it's not like you have to drive across country to get to the next to yeah, go play around yeah, yeah. in the morning. Like it's you know it's the same distance from your house, but it's just a different course. Oh man, um, did I go first on the last one? Uh, I did. You go. Okay. Let me ask this, and I, I'm just gonna have to have you make okay. this up because he's not here to, to to clarify it. How many rounds can we play on that course? Home course. N- the well, new one. No, either one. Like the new one, the home course. You can play it whenever you want. But the new. One, could I play two rounds in a day or three rounds no. in a day? One round. Yes.
1: Uh, And if I want to start another round, it would be a new course.
0: So if I want to play 36 holes, then I'm playing two different courses. Yes. But hyzerthetically, they could be in the same place. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But it's a new course. Um,
1: So there's never redemption.
0: Yeah, and there's never a chance to kind of figure this out. But you're just playing the same course over and over and over and over and over again. Which I I am lamenting, but that's kind of what I do anyway. Well, I <laughs> that's think what a lot most of us, of us do anyway, because yeah. it's just the reality of it. But all right, I'm going first. Yep, uh, I'm going to play the new course every time. I'm a I'm a rec, I'm a I'm a <laughs> very much an amateur player, and I enjoy. I really enjoy playing different courses. Uh, I bring my bag when I go on a little road trip, and I try to play, you know, two or three different courses if I if. It's feasible Mm -hmm. on my trip. Um, We'll even plan my trip around it sometimes if I can. So I like playing different places. I like playing new courses. Um, I am going to, yeah, I would say a new course every day. That being said, uh, sometimes you get to a place and there are such fun holes and you want to try it again. You want to try a different line. You want to try something else. Or a hole just kicked your trash and you want to have some redemption on it. Uh, and then you don't have that opportunity. So, But for me, I'm going to go with a new course every time to kind of satisfy that wanderlust.
1: Yeah, uh, very similar logic. Um, I've I've kind of played all the home courses here enough to have pretty much all of it, you know, like the back of my hand. I know what gaps are where I know what distances to what trees. And, and that's just from some rounds. So if I were to be limited to one, I think I'd go kind of stir crazy and burn out. Um, new courses would always be entertaining at least if they're like super hard and wooded and I have no idea where gaps are, at least it's going to be funny because you'll throw it and be like, yeah, yeah, uh, nope, nope. There's another one. Right. And it's, it's amusing. So I would also do new courses, but mostly just because it would be more entertaining.
0: Yeah. I think we're kind of on the same one with that one, but I'm just realizing it's going to be a lot more expensive because I will lose more discs. on For sure.
1: Course. For sure. <coughs> if it were quick modification you can only play your favorite course or you could only play every course once but you get a new one every time does that change it
0: because to me it might it might but i st- well no i don't know i talk about it all the time but for me of the courses i played it would be that spearfish course that is so fun um i
1: mean the, the wanderlust argument is still good but favorite course versus home course kind of gives you yeah. leverage
0: Yeah. Uh, I might do the favorite course at that point. I I just might. And fortunately, the course I picked has, again, I think it has 30 holes on it or Mm -hmm. something crazy like that. So um, I would just start to do safari lines. Yeah. I Don't blame you. Figure out this. I I might cave for favorite, too. Yeah. Partially
1: because my favorite course no longer exists, and I'd like to have it Oh, what's that one? Uh, Bohart Ranch up in Bozeman. was beautiful they put in so much work and then somebody bought the cross-country resort and they didn't want disc golf anymore oh sad face but it was amazing so ron and tyler and whoever else you don't listen to this but it was awesome and then i could go play it again and i'd be happy again
0: that'd be cool yeah that would be cool uh yeah yeah i've they've opened up the parking lot that they replaced the u of u course with (laughs) oh yeah saw that, yeah it it it's not I'm looking at it and I'm like, did we really need that, you couldn't just you know build another structure somewhere and and get rid of the only green space you have on campus, but
1: i I mean yeah, yeah, no there's still there's still that one other field next to the track, I'm sure it'll go soon, but there's there's still the two baseball fields, there's I don't like, know that like, there are, really, I'll have to next have to, to the to look. um the, the Life Center? By the new beach volleyball courts outside. Yeah, north, little west of Life Center.
0: I think that's all artificial turf now. Oh,
1: well, then maybe we're out of green space. We'll have yeah. to look. I haven't been up here in the day in a while.
0: And, and I am I mean, there's a football field in the middle of the stadium. I can actually look tomorrow. There's a soccer field. There's there's a soccer field on top of a parking structure, like a practice field. So they've got some oh, that's cool, cool stuff. Where's that? The one by the business building. They put a soccer oh, field up there. Oh, how neat. Yeah, it's really cool. I don't know how often it gets used but But that's neat good to have no and it's a smart use of space um and and again the soccer team may practice there i don't know but uh i don't know how much real other than just like landscaping i don't know how much grass there is left around not much and you know if you really want to get ecological about it the grass isn't native anyway grass is a bad plant takes so much water doesn't like sun on the species and depends on where you are but but that's vaguely true well we live in the desert yeah so grass is not native here my brother lives in Nebraska not, not you like, know what I mean not like green
1: turf grass like the, the big yes. weedy
0: grass is kind of natural here yeah no tall clump grass is actually yeah. what was natural here which yeah. the closest you'll find to that is like on an antelope island okay uh completely tangential to the show and just lost I to the ecology I that movie. Lesson. but uh we should go out to Antelope Island sometime have you ever been out there not since I was a child. It is so fun, really. If you're ever in Salt Lake, uh, and if you're listening to this and you live in Salt Lake, make a trip out to Amolop Island. I don't do it nearly often enough. I do it every like three or four years. I okay. find my way out there. Um, there's excellent mountain biking. Um, I mean, depending on what you want to do, but there's it's it's fun mountain biking trails. Uh, and there's some elevation, or you can just you know go out and cruise. Um, there's like an actual wild bison herd out there. There's legit antelope or American antelope out there. Okay, Um, It's all just tall sage. It looks like Salt Lake Valley. It's as close as to what Salt Lake Valley looked like when it was settled as you'll find. It's it's really cool. It's kind of like Camp Pendleton in just north of Oceanside, California, is the closest you'll find to natural Southern California coastline. Because it's all Marine Corps. I mean, they've they've definitely. It's not, you know, a nature preserve, but it's not condos and stuff right along there, so you can actually see nature. Okay, this is this is a land meeting water. You know, without without a boardwalk on it, (laughs) without a condo. (laughs) Yeah, Uh, but Annapolis Island, big plug for Annapolis. That'd be a fun place to have a course. I know. I was thinking about it. It's a state park. I've played disc golf courses on state parks yeah i mean you can put one on a state park um even if it's just like a temporary one for tournaments let's make some calls yeah i don't even know who we would go through for that but that would be rad yeah i don't know i'll just send out an email Antelope open Antelope open that would be fun that'd be good it's huge so there's tons of space out there yeah one caveat it smells horrible but once you're out there you get used to it very quickly lake life all right yeah anyway. uh, Ecology lesson (laughs) There's your ecology lesson for the day Um, We have Another question Dylan? Yes, you want to read that one? Sure
1: Uh, Hello, gents Hello, Dylan Hello You guys are doing a great job One of my friends told me about the podcast And I've been surprised by how much I have enjoyed it I love your friend Yeah, and your honesty Uh, In an episode from late last year Chris talked about how excited he was To be getting some classic or classic blend Emacs Still excited I am curious how the disc in that plastic compares to Prime. I really wanted to like the Emac in Prime, but anything other than putters come out of the mold too flat for my liking in Prime. So my question is, how flat are the Classic slash Classic Blend Emacs? Are they board flat like Prime, or do they do a better job of maintaining the same shape and feel of a Lucid or Fusion run? Thanks, Dylan. Thanks, Dylan. Yeah. Um,
0: I like the Prime Emacs, but I like a flat disc.
1: Long answer short, they're flat. Um, yeah, the, as far as like flight characteristics, um, prime classic and blend, all start almost identical. Um, prime obviously beats in the fastest. It'll start turning over very soon. Hard is kind of like middle of the road. I've got one that I've been throwing for six months and it'll just go straight now. And then I've got a blend that I've been throwing for six months. That's still pretty overstable. So the stability is different. Um, but they are very flat sorry to burst that bubble um, fusion and lucid are definitely a little more domey shaped to them but almost always i just throw blend and classic now every once in a while i'll put in my old hybrid fusion one because it's beat to timbuktu and it only goes one way yeah but almost always it's just the classics for me now wow i just love the feel but they are flat so if you don't like flat i'm sorry but they're so good, you should try them anyway. That's yeah. my, my two cents.
0: I do like the feel of those kind of, we've talked about it, like the lower end plastics just feel good in the hand.
1: Yeah, you, you never slip, <clears throat> you never stick. Yeah. It's just consistent grip, consistent flights, and they're pretty durable. Like my blend has got three or four tacos in it, like from when I hit trees early, and it's still stable. It's still pretty flat. Yeah. It's not like my old soft and medium harps that when they would hit stuff they would literally fold in half and you could tell that i really missed yeah i call them character lines
0: that's good oh that's nice that's like
1: you know it's like wrinkles it's like Uh. because the disc looks bad but
0: it's my fault so it has character yeah there you go yeah um i yeah i guess anything with a with a shallow rim like a you know mid or a putter i don't mind having in base plastics I certainly keep hiring plastics in some of them just because the flight characteristics are whatever, you know. Mm-hmm. Excuse me. Still getting over this cough. Um, I looked into buying a cough button for this once. I was amazed at how expensive they were. Really? I can't remember what the prices were, but I was thinking like, oh, it's probably like 20, 30 bucks. Just like a little mute, yeah. inline mute button that I could put on there. No, it was, I think it was like, it was at least like $80 for really? a button. Really? Yeah. And I was like, what? Well, it's just... Just an inline mute button. Is that yeah, not all a cough button is? But signal. I guess maybe it's something more than that. Wow. Disappointing. <sighs> yeah. Somebody knows more than I do. Somebody Let me know. Somebody get on that. Yeah. <laughs> Help. Uh, uh, where was I? Oh, yeah. But drivers, uh, anything with like a deep rim, um, it just changes the characteristics so quickly when you hit a tree or when, when you don't hit a tree. Mm-hmm. You know, they just break in way too quick for me, mm-hmm. and uh, which is unfortunate because I Every now and again, I will think, "Ah, oh, you know, I really like the feel of this. It's a good stamp. I'll pick this up. And it flies amazing mm-hmm. three times. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I don't throw that hard. <laughs> so it's for you, it would probably break in after one throw. And for me, Sometimes it's it does. But I do have a place. Like I
1: have, I don't know, four or five prime defenders at home, like two or three prime verdicts, well, two you know or three prime justices. And it's just because they're cheaper than the premiums. And they're every bit is overstable. So yeah. if I ever have like a really terrifying, like you know, hit this 20 foot island at 400 feet shot, I'm like prime defender. Oh it, sure, it's super overstable. Are they I've,
0: are they pretty fresh out of the box or? Yeah, I
1: mean they've got a couple throws, but they're yeah. still. But you kind of preserve them for mm-hmm. that. Yes, yeah, yeah. I save them for spe- special occasions.
0: Well, that's what I'm saying. Like they throw great out of it the feels box. So good, but uh, they, they just, just beat break and so quick. I mean, I think I told you my destroyer, my destroyer my destroyer became understable yeah after like a week and i couldn't believe i thought i was doing something wrong and then i realized oh no i just broke in a disc i'd never right. done that before and I, i've always kind
1: of thought like why don't we just make more you know base plastic drivers because they feel amazing and they'd fly the same but you think about how many times you throw a driver versus how many times you throw a putter like i mean you, you just cycle them so fast they're, Drivers, they're, yeah well you would have to Oh yeah, yeah, there would never be a time where you're like, I know exactly what this is going to do. You're going to be like, Well, I hit a tree last Thursday. We'll see. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So you Whereas, just you like
0: premium plastics, they'll, they'll hold their line. I mean, it's a like a lot longer. Yeah. It's you know, I mean, w- for weeks or months without even years change. sometimes, yeah. if if you're not. Oh yeah. You know,
1: I know people who have had discs in the bag for years. Yeah. I have a couple. Yeah. And you just know what it's going to do because it wears slowly
0: and predictably. Yeah. Well, and you, and you can, and you have it. It's. Yeah, the change is slow enough that you can almost see it in the flight and you go "Oh, okay this one this one is a little more understable now and whereas uh you know base driver it's like uh, let's see what happens here yeah <laughs> is it going to hit me in the back of the head
1: clean in a grass field please land soft <laughs> please <laughs> they still break it hits a sprinkler box <laughs>
0: <Okay>. <laughs> yeah but uh yeah there you go so yeah. i guess you're, classic emacs are flat you're stuck with your uh sorry but they're amazing You can try to modify them. Try the cereal bowl trick that we talked about. Yeah. I mean, I would love to see what happens. (laughs) Microwave it. Microwave
1: it upside down on a cereal bowl. Don't really. It sounds like a disaster.
0: I did (laughs) did not encourage that. (laughs) All right. Last question. All right. Uh, This is from Yoshi Hornbuckle. Hey, guys. Hi. (laughs) That was my hi back. (laughs) I just found the show and have been listening back and forth from work every day. Bless your soul. Yeah. catching up on endless movie reviews with some disc golf <laughs> sprinkled in. Oh, you just wait. I got something for you. Um, uh, as an intermediate player, I love hearing both of your perspectives on things. My question for both is this, how do you do field work specifically when trying to improve your form and get better distance slash overall cleaner releases, whether that be starting from standstills, aiming at the target or just an open field, etc. cetera. What helps you uh, to step up your game the best out there on the field? Thanks a lot, guys. Keep throwing plastic. From Louisiana, Larry, who I guess, AKA Yoshi Hornbuckle. I'm a little confused on the alias. Which one's the alias? Yeah, I don't know. Uh, But I I like that Louisiana is his, you know, Christian name. (laughs) Larry's a surname. Oh. You know. Oh, from the Louisiana Larrys? Uh, Today's a good day. (laughs) I. Fire away. When I do field work. I don't do it right. I love field work. I think it's important. I haven't done it in a long time. But for me, I'm just trying to work on a clean release and getting a clean flight. And and out of, I'll just bring my bag. And if I bring my practice bag, it's just that I don't throw normally. This that I bought that I don't, you know, didn't end up working for me or I mm-hmm. didn't decide to, to, to carry regularly or stuff I got for free or whatever it is. Um and just trying to get a clean release and a clean flight out of whatever I grab. Um, and I've got my practice just sorted, you know, by type, but not necessarily stabilities or anything else, just drivers, mids, putters. And I'm just trying to get a clean release on everything consistently. And I feel like for me, that's where my game is right now. Um, and then if I can get to that, then I'll try a little bit with release angles and just try to kind of play a little bit and see. Because if I think on the course, like, you know, I'm going to put a little more hyzer on this or a little Annie on this, uh, I don't trust myself enough to know what I'm going to do. And I'd rather just practice it in a field where I'm not worried about losing the disc or hitting a car or whatever it is. So um, for me, it's just clean releases and just trying to get consistent distance and, you know, actually see my drivers go out farther than my putters. You know. If that's a good day in disc golf. Things like that. So yeah. that's that's what I'm that's where I'm at and that's where I'm focusing. I should be working on probably things that I don't work on. Uh aka backhand, I should, you know, be picking a target and trying to to hit that. Um and I and I do that somewhat. Like I try to get them down field in a certain way. I'm always a little bit surprised at where some things are landing and, and how consistently certain discs that are flying that I didn't expect them to fly that way. Uh, but yeah, that's me just focusing on a clean release.
1: Okay. Uh, so I, I just reread this question and I kind of have a two part answer. So first of all, I don't really do field work unless I have something I want to work on. Um, if I want to practice golfing, I will go play. Um, not everybody agrees with that. A lot of people who are much better than me do a ton of field work, so it probably works. I just don't have as much fun doing it if I don't have a goal or like a friend out there working on something with me. Um, but the two part answer I have um, to improve form and get better distance slash cleaner releases is a separate kind of field work for me than step up your game and get better at aim or control or whatever. So a couple years ago, I spent. Like three months learning how to throw better. I had a two-handed reach back, kind of a little bit of rounding. It was functional. I'm a big guy, so it kind of went far, but it wasn't very good. And a friend called me out one day and spent, oh, I don't know, a couple hours in the field just throwing back and forth. And we filmed every one. After I threw one, I would look at the film. I would ask his opinion, and I would just make baby changes. So I don't know. It's probably four or five or six or seven. I don't know. A lot of. Throw back and forth until I can't throw far anymore uh, with slow mo video to see if I was actually making the changes I wanted to. Um, And after, like I said, about three months of that, uh, I was more consistent. I did have better distance, but angle control was jacked. Like I had no idea what I was going to do with the disc, but I was throwing farther and it felt more consistent. Um, Did you have better angle
0: control before you changed? Yes. Okay. Because I had
1: like, I don't know, five years of practice with it. So when I switched to just a normal reach back, like we all should try to eventually, um, I had, couldn't really play golf. I could throw far because that's what I had worked on, but I had to relearn angle control. I had to relearn touch. I had to relearn all that stuff, but I, in the long run, it definitely helped me. Um, so better distance doesn't always make you a better golfer because I I had to change how I was throwing, which in the short term is going to change where i like how i throw right yeah so, which you give up consistency for distance and then once you have distance you can pick consistency back up
0: well we've talked about it that one of the top rated players in our area is not a far thrower yeah he I mean, throws f- farther than me but probably not by much
1: no he's he's flirting with 400 <coughs> but that's i mean strengths are strengths so yeah and then to the second half of this where you mentioned standstills, target open field what helps you get better I think that is more shot practice. So once you have a form or a technique that you like and is repeatable and functional and doesn't hurt and you kind of you know generate a power level you're happy with, then I would start actually practicing shots.
0: Yeah, like on a course.
1: No, you can still do this in the field. Oh, okay. Um, but the, I guess this is a threefold because there are two ways you can do this too. Um, one thing, say you want to work on your forehand. So you could take, you know, I will use my bag because I don't know what you throw Larry. Um, but I would take, you know, five enforcers, five Raiders and five Ballista pros. And I would go sidearm them back and forth, just pick a spot, you know, flex lines, hyzers, whatever. And I would just focus this one shot with this one kind of disc and just do it until I was tired, you know, make it muscle memory. Or if you want to like, if you have a bag you like, and you want to, I'll say more fully understand what you have then another field work. I like to do when I do it again, not very often, but it's beneficial and it's kind of like fun. I mean, I have five discs in my bag that I've had for years, like since they came out and I still can find new things that they can do. Doing this is I'll pick a target like a soccer goal or football post or something. You can even put your bag down if you have an open field. Um, go to whatever distance you want, 200 feet, 300 feet, 400 feet, whatever you got and throw every disc in your bag backhand at that target. Figure out what you have to do to make them get to your target backhand or forehand, like maybe everything on a flex line, like how high, how soft, like what do you have to do with it? What else can you do with it? Like, what is it capable of? And I think that is super frustrating at first, I'll be honest. Um, but once you start having angle control and you really know what each disc will do on each line, you will open up shots. That you had no idea you could throw. And I think that is probably the most benefit I've gotten from field work. The two things of, I spent three months sucking so I could throw farther and better. If it feels better. Um, then I could honestly probably do that again. I could do another three months and clean it up more, but I'm back to functional and I throw far enough, I think, um, and the second one is take all your discs, throw them the same way, hit the same target, because you will have to learn angle control and height control. And speed now, are you even control. saying
0: accounting for the same distance, like mm-hmm. trying to get your putter out as far as your driver?
1: Yeah. So I'll, I'll go to 300 feet and I will throw all my putters, all my mids, all my fairways, all my drivers. But you can back throw in. a putter 300 feet.
0: Yeah. So, but you wouldn't try to throw your putter from 500 feet. No. Okay. No. I mean, I could try, I can't do it. So basically max out your range with your low, with your slow stuff. Yeah. Or,
1: or just bring it way in. Yeah. Right. If you can throw a putter 300 feet, go to 200 feet and say, cause sometimes, you know, you won't have the ceiling for a putter from 200 and you yeah. need to go like a low skip driver. And I mean, that's not something anybody practices, right? You just get out to a shot and you're like, I have a four foot ceiling at 200 feet and it's like, well, do I flick roll or do I throw it at the ground and see what happens? Yeah. And a little bit of field work with your experimenting of, yeah, you know, if I throw an enforcer at fifty percent, pretty low, it goes and it skips back pretty good, stuff like that. So, I, I, yeah, don't don't go to four hundred feet and just putter.
0: That's kind of what I was thinking. I'm Like, I I don't know how I could get my
1: if you've if I mean if you've got four hundred foot putter distance, go to four hundred feet and throw everything in your bag.
0: Yeah, if you've got that's, because that's a lot of distance every the disc.
1: Butter. I mean, assuming you don't bag tons of duplicates or backups or something every disc will probably take a little bit different path to get your 400 feet or 200 feet, whatever you're at. And it's just, it's really eye opening for me when I do that.
0: But it's a distance that you can hit everything with Mm -hmm. everything in your back. So you're pulling back on your far stuff. You're, you're maybe arming up on your, on your slow stuff. Mm -hmm. That's okay.
1: Yeah. And I mean, you can do, you can do segments too. If you want to go to 400 feet and only throw fairways and faster. Yeah. If you want to go to 200 feet and only throw fairways and slower, that's, that's all fine too. But instead of, I'm at 350, that's an EMAC, grab it, done. No,
0: that's good, because like you said, sometimes you get onto a course and it's like, oh, there's a weird ceiling or there's a tree over here and I don't have the room for the turn that I normally, Mm -hmm. you know, that I know this disc that I can get there would take. Um, Yeah, and that's happened to all of us, you know, or you're in a tournament and it's like, oh, okay, they've made the fairways considerably tighter than they used to be. Or a sprinkler burst and now there's a new water hazard. Yep, or even just a
1: weird wind and you're like, Man, that hyzer I like is really just terrifying right now. Yeah. And you gotta go straighter and the disc you wanted to throw on a hyzer maybe doesn't go as straight. Yeah. So
0: Or you lose your disc that is your go to disc. Oh, been there. Yeah. And then you you know you can I've caddied for touring make something players. Else work out.
1: Like my first my first year at big tournaments, I was caddying for I won't say names in case it's embarrassing. I don't know. But I was caddying for a touring player and she lost her favorite disc in the water on like hole four. Like, just go-to driver, threw it on every hole. Literally every hole was the same driver. And then the wind picked up, and she's like, I don't know what to do. I was like, "Well, what's your next most overstable? And now you have a headwind, so throw it how you would normally throw your other one without wind. Yeah. And it worked perfectly. And she turned to me, and she's like, thank you. And I was like, <laughs> okay. You should probably know that. Yeah. But, I'm, I mean, I'm sure, like, we all have our learning curve. And, well, yeah, and if you and don't go practice That's things, what a caddy's
0: for, though, is. Yeah. to to help you understand that stuff when you don't want to be spending the brain power thinking of it. Yeah. It's somebody else. Like, well, that's why they have them. That's why tiger woods has a caddy and why, you know? Yeah.
1: But I, I, I see, I see big benefit to both. Um, whether you like, you know, throwing a hundred four hand shots, that's probably way too many. Um, or throwing your whole bag, trying to hit the same thing. I think both are beneficial. If you have a weakness, probably focus on it. But every time you go have a goal, have a plan, and see what you can do to meet that.
0: I everything Chris said, I think I is awesome, and uh, totally recommend that. I would just also add, and this may sound a little bit like much, but uh, careful not to overdo it. It's mm-hmm. easy when you're throwing, trying to throw far, or or you're doing something to throw out your arm more mm-hmm. than, and then you've got to spend you know two or three days or whatever it is not playing to rehab it and maybe lose some of the stuff that you that you would have gained. Yeah. And so or your your body will just kinda not want to do that that you know is good because it'll don't doesn't want to get hurt again. Yeah. So That's very true. I mean it my wife laughs so hard anytime I talk about an injury disc golfing. It's real. It is ridiculous. But it is real. Like we're I, I've had sport. tinnitus playing yep. from playing disc golf. Like I've i for the first time in my life ever bought a one of those tennis elbow strap things. Yep, I had tennis elbow for a year or two. Yeah, and it uh they work by the way
1: they do they do help
0: um and it went away you know mm-hmm. and and i have uh i think i still keep it in my bag like an elbow sleeve that some kid made fun of me for i was like whoa you're you're really into this if you've got that and i was oh, like fun. well you know i'm in my 30s i hurt sometimes yeah, looking out for and myself. i want to keep playing and uh-huh. i don't want to hurt myself so you know 15 dollars worth of neoprene can make a difference absolutely so um not saying you need to wear full motorcycle gear. When you go out to the football field to go throw, but listen to your body. Yeah. And uh, if you're, you know, if you can throw three or 400 discs down the field, do it. That's a lot. Um, But if you start, if you feel like you're starting to get winded or starting to feel some muscle pain at, you know, five or 10 discs, wrap it up for a little while. Mm -hmm. Um, Because you're not going to, overtraining isn't going to help you perform and it's going to hinder your enjoyment Mm -hmm. of the sport. So, Mm -hmm the m- the more you practice the more in shape you'll be and the more you'll be able to do it but mm-hmm. um I and mean, with a name like Louisiana Lair, you sound like a pretty tough dude but
1: <laughs> well that, that's definitely a good good call out um, yeah for perspective I carry like 15 discs at a time and if I'm doing the whole bag back and forth it's probably all 15 which it's like three high speed three fairways and then a bunch of mids and putters it's probably those back and forth I don't know twice so like one, two, three, four throws with each. Yeah. And with, you know, seven slow discs, that's 60 total throws. I'm pretty spent. Yeah. If I'm doing a distance day, it's, you know, maybe five to seven drivers four times and I'm pretty spent. Like you're putting everything in every throw. It gets tiring very fast. Yeah. So. And again,
0: Chris throws farther than I do. So he's walking like a couple <laughs> thousand feet. So and I don't think the walking so fatigue usually, is why I get tired. Yeah. But also you just, you throw farther, like you put more into your throw. So I, I can throw more Mm -hmm. than that. Like it doesn't, you know, wear me out as much. Uh, If I could get to where you're throwing and put as much energy into it, it probably would. And that would help my game. So, uh, but yeah, listen to your body. If it hurts, probably. Back off so you can do it tomorrow. Yeah. That's all. Yeah. Wisdom. Yeah. Uh, Well, thank you, Yoshi Larry, (laughs) Louisiana Yoshi Hornbuckle uh yeah i'm confused by these names but i don't know anyway but thank you thank you Hopefully, so that much was somewhat helpful um we appreciate everybody writing in um that was we love i love getting emails from listeners that is such a pleasure for me and from people who say like oh my friend shared the show with me that's that is thanks friend yeah that is so cool and i'm glad you're enjoying it yes Thank you, and keep listening to the show. And t- now, now you tell another friend and get them listening to the show. Yeah, and yeah. Then you tell a friend, and then you tell a friend, and you got to get people on your downline. Um, that's a little MLM joke, uh, Utah business. <laughs> um, <laughs> all right, uh, switching gears because you know this is a um, a movie show that we actually talk about disc golf with. Um, having the movies in a little bit. Uh last movie I saw was Hobbs and Shaw, which I did talk about. Um and still highly recommend everybody see have you seen Hobbs and Shaw yet?
1: No. But yeah. I did rewatch several Fast and Furious on TV the other day. There so you go. I feel like I did. There you go. Uh there's actually six with Hobbs and Shaw in it. Nice.
0: So. Nice. Uh there's there's some, you know, some movies like watching them on T V, it's really not gonna be a great experience. Fast and Furious, you're not missing out on much. Like it's with commercials and with everything else. You're going to be just fine. Yeah. I, re- I recently rewatched fast five, uh, with Owen Shaw and it's just great. I like five. There's, they're all just the best. I love it. Yeah. Uh, but I did watch something. Uh, do you have Amazon prime? I do. Have you seen, watched the boys? Oh
1: no. I lent my prime to a friend he's like, you have to watch
0: this. And I haven't yet. Uh, Start watching The Boys. It's eight episodes. You'll I'll get s- through it quick. I'll start it tonight. Um, yeah, you might finish it tonight. Okay, it's perfect. That good.
1: That's exactly what he said. <clears throat> uh,
0: the Boys is based on a comic book by um, Garth Ennis, written by Garth Ennis. Uh, and he's the same guy who wrote Preacher, which is a comic book that uh, – have you read? Ever read? No, but I've heard of it. It's. I did not know that I would like it until I started reading it, and it is – so incredibly blasphemous and i'm a religious person Uh, but it is so ridiculously blasphemous that it was just amazing i mean it's not it didn't offend my religious views because it's all so absurd Mm -hmm. but um if you enjoyed preacher you will love the boys i've started reading the comic now i didn't even know that it was a book when i saw the ads for the boys it's like, eh, oh. you know, another superhero thing. Yeah. And I, somebody who likes superhero things, so I was like, yeah. You know. So I didn't many. watch it for a while until I heard some other people saying that it was I, worth watching. I've only heard good things. Uh, it is. It is. Uh, it just takes the superhero mythos and puts it in a context that is so amazingly refreshing. Okay. Uh, do not watch it with kids. Uh, and if you are at all sensitive to language and, and things, uh, if you didn't have any interest in watching Game of Thrones or a Quentin Tarantino movie doesn't appeal to you, <laughs> do not watch The Boys. <laughs> you have been warned. Yes. Do do not watch The Boys. Um, but holy moly, it is good. I'm excited. It is. I finished it and I'm like, okay, When when's the second season? When's the second season? When's the second season? It is... Uh, it's really, really good. Uh, so I will we? let you watch it before okay. we, we get in more. But um, I'll watch my next recording. You know, I don't usually Bodhi scale shows, but I would. Jeez, Boys is a four on the Bodhi scale, plus four. Might even be a plus five, but it's. I'm just going to give it a plus four just to leave it, give it a little bit of room. Whoa. But it was so refreshing and so funny. Whoa. And so unexpected. Um,. So, i mean things happen that i was like oh whoa i did not expect it to go there but in an incredibly entertaining way whereas troll 2 you're watching and you're like that happened and i didn't expect that uh did you watch that by the way i did send you the link for the troll Two. you did i <laughs> forgot just just remember what i'm talking about when, <laughs> when you get to the uh the breakfast scene okay um, but anyway uh keep throwing plastic watch the boys <laughs> um keep writing in yeah absolutely uh disc golf at gmail.com facebook.com slash pros disc golf golf
1: prime disc golf on instagram
0: uh anything else you want to tell the people about chris i think you got going on yeah no packing volleyball season nice Woo. kids are back in school yeah so <laughs> things are good <laughs> made it through that uh but until next time keep throwing plastic cheers